Drums at the top of the program. We're now going live to the Niles SNA Silent Film Museum to speak with film historian David Keene. David has spoken to us in the past about Charlie Chaplin and as well as about the, uh, the research he did uncovering the identity of a mysterious film shot down Market Street. It turns out right about the time of the great earthquake. So I'd like to say, first of all, welcome back to Radio Parallax, David Keene. Good to be here. Thanks. David, you guys are having a big extravaganza here for a guy I want to promote uh, this week and, and talk at great, greater length about it next week's program. Bronco Billy Anderson, a man people may not have heard of but should have. You guys are having a festival dedicated to him on the weekend of the 29th, 30th. That's right. Yeah, from the June 28th to 30th, we're going to have a three-day festival, and uh, we're going to be showing some films that were made here in 1913, 100 years ago, among other things. So it, uh, I think it'll be pretty exciting to see. Most folks have not heard of Bronco Billy, and yet, uh, and yet he's instrumental in the development of what we think of as the Western. And, and you've written a wonderful book about Bronco Billy titled Bronco Billy and the SNA Film Company. And uh, you really fleshed out some of the details over how this went down. And it's, it's quite a story, which we won't go into a great length, but, uh, but it's a remarkable story of how they came to Niles. Yeah, he was an amazing person and uh, um, really set the pattern for the Western film, I think. He was the first Western movie star cowboy before anybody else uh, was known around the world as Bronco Billy Anderson and uh, made over 140 Bronco Billy films and uh, many, many other Westerns besides. So uh, he was an instrumental character in uh, not just uh, Western films, but filmmaking as a whole, I think. And one interesting sidelight, which you devote a fair amount of time to, and which will come up, of course, during the festival, is that at one point he uh, engaged an up-and-coming young comedian who was working for Max Senate down in Hollywood for Keystone of the famous Keystone Cops fame. And uh, so it was that Charlie Chaplin uh, signed with SNA and started making films here in Niles. Yeah, Chaplin was here for a little less than three months, made five films, but during that time period, it transformed his career. He found his leading lady, Edna Proviance. And I guess his cameraman also that was with him for the rest of his career. That's right. Rolly Tothero started here in Niles as a cameraman. And uh, when uh, the studio closed, Tothero went down to Los Angeles and immediately hooked up with Chaplin and was with him for 38 years. Well, David, uh, where can people find out more about uh, the event you're having here in Niles? Because uh, I'm sure many people are going to want to do just that. Yeah, they can go to our website, uh, NilesFilmMuseum.org, and uh, check the schedule out there and and see what else was is happening at our museum. We're always busy with all kinds of things. One cool aspect, too, is that there's a train ride people can take through Niles Canyon out to Sonola. I don't know if that's going to be going on in that weekend, but uh, I've been to do that for some time. It's on my short list. Yeah, it's, it happens the uh, first and third weekends of the month, so it won't be happening during our film festival, but uh, come back to Niles. <laughs> it's a good excuse, which I like to promote as my hometown. I'm, I'm just, I can't tell you, David, it's so, it's so wonderful that you guys have done this great work and to know that Charlie Chaplin, Bronco Billy, shot these films right here where, uh, uh, you know, we kids used to play back in Niles Canyon. Uh, Niles is still a remarkable place, and uh, you can 
see things today that uh, they used back then. The hills look pretty much the same as they did 100 years ago and earlier. And uh, so, you know, it's all familiar stuff here. And some of the houses, they constructed houses for the film studio and they're still standing. That's right, yeah. Um, so you can walk by many of the residences and buildings in town and know that uh, Chaplin was around during that time, that he even came to our theater and watched films when he was here. Yes, as we're actually in, in the room as we speak right now where, where Charlie watched films and so did Bronco Billy. Very cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're also involved in the Silent Film Festival that uh, is taking place in San Francisco, I guess, on an annual basis now. Talk about that a bit. Yeah, every year they're on their 18th annual film festival there in the Castro Theater. I write a uh, essay for their program booklet every year. This one uh, is on uh, the last edition, which is a feature film made by Emory Johnson, who actually got his start here in Niles as a actor and uh, eventually became a director in the 1920s. And they're going to show this film that has been just recently recovered and restored by them. Outstanding. I will definitely be in attendance there, and uh, we will definitely bring you back on next week's program to remind people about this festival and talk a greater length about uh, the most interesting Bronco Billy Anderson. Okay, thanks. And speaking of David, let's go to our own Hollywood promoter, David Rosenblum, because as reported at the top of the show about this Carissa Carpenter thing, uh, that self-described show business exec with problems of her alleged efforts to bring a film studio to, uh, to Dixon. Uh, let's see what insights David may have. Hello, David. Yes, hello, Doug. How's it going? Great, but I heard you're talking about these efforts to bring a studio to Dixon. Why so critical? Well, if a billion-dollar studio is at stake, shouldn't the promoter be able to come up with a hundred grand? So she's had a few brushes with the law. She's never been convicted, right? <laughs> well, per the B, this is the seventh time since 1997 she's pitched billion-dollar developments to rural communities after supposedly raising millions via private investors. Uh, that's not unusual, Doug. It's not? No. It's, I myself have been trying to raise millions for a retirement community and movie studio to go on the scenic shores of the world-famous Salton Sea. Is that so? It is so. And I must tell you, we are only one, one million dollar investor away from breaking ground. The Salton Sea, David, the whole place stinks. The Air Resources Board told me they are extremely optimistic about their efforts in stench reduction. Oh, good. It's a medical fact that the elderly do not have a good sense of smell. So no harm, no foul. The developments will be built to take advantage of the prevailing winds. Well, having been there, I certainly hope so. Envision, if you will, a 600-unit retirement village, the Upwind Estates. Oh, my. And next door, a theme park. The theme's not finalized, but I see a tribute to baby boomers, Boomertown. It'll have state-of-the-art air scrubbers and an unusually big outdoor water slide. Well, how unusually big? We are set to create a mile-long flume, Doug. <laughs> Good God. I mean, who doesn't like a mile-long flume? I know I do. <laughs> and no worries about the water of the sea, okay? Everyone in the flume gets a hazmat suit. So uh, you're putting people in bubble suits? Uh, more like space suits. In fact, they're cosmonaut suits. We were able to make a purchase from some old Soviet warehouses in Kazakhstan. Oh, my. And we're going to include a seven-pound bag of ice on days when the temperature goes above 100. We stuffed the ice in the suit so Boomertown patrons will have one more layer of protection from sunstroke. 
I just hope you have some nurses on call, David. Hey, boomers are collecting Social Security, but they, they think they're young, Doug. Did your parents get Botox? No. But the 70-year-old of today's retirement village is different. Well, David, retirement villages usually just have golf courses. Get out of the 20th century. Today's boomers say they want to go into space as tourists. <laughs> so, so you reason they'll ride mile-long water flumes in the desert in spacesuits. It sounds crazy, I, I admit. But look, it's a seamless transition if I've ever seen one. Branson will be stealing my idea. You watch. The desert is wonderful for filming movies, by the way. Think you're Mad Max, you're Lawrence of Arabia, you're Ishtar. Ishtar. Wonderful scenes with camels. <laughs> the desert just begs to be put on film. But with studio construction projects, it's vital that communication be kept transparent. That's where this woman got in trouble in Dicton. So who's backing your project? Nah, I'm not at liberty to disclose that, sorry. <laughs> well, now, what happened to transparency? Hey, 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 it's practically a bay window. It's just that we, like anyone, has to have the blinds down at times. Well, you're not answering the question. In 2017, you'll be able to go from Indian Wells South to lounge on the Salton Sea Littoral. That means coastal area. Upon this littoral, with many Riviera-like qualities, you will see a beautiful gated community, a fairyland of pastel and palm trees, like a mirage in the distant air. Well, sounds like one big mirage to me. We have 112, count them, 112 Libyan palm trees on order. As soon as it settles down at Benghazi, we're pretty sure they're going to ship. <laughs> Does this park have rides? Does it have rides? We have a people mover plan, Doug. Yes, a big, giant figure eight. Now, why would you move people in a figure eight? Well, in our park, as in life itself, Doug, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Well, very philosophical of you. And, you know, we expect top musical acts, too. Like? Well, we're negotiating with Rat and Whitesnake. Oh, not, not both at the same time. It would be hard to get top artists like that in the same bill, I grant you, but maybe for the Sun-Dried Prune Festival. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's brand new. The promoters are saying it'll be just like Burning Man, only with prunes. <laughs> I heard that Rat and Whitesnake joined up to form a new supergroup, um, Ratsnake. Uh, I was unaware of this. Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm, ju I'm, I'm just kidding, David. Look, the marketing people are close to signing Buma Esaias and to serve as our honorary mayor of Boomatown, Doug. The land prices make it all affordable. We use old landfill sites, so the grading's been done. That's a big savings. And all the lots are lined with impermeable clay. Toxin leaks are no longer affected. <laughs> the worst things, those are encased in a concrete sarcophagus. Uh, you putting that in the brochure? The AEC requires a two-inch thick lead shielding for radioactive materials. We are fully compliant, of course. So I think we're golden. One option we are considering is going with a religious-based theme park. We were able to get, from Disney, some used audio-animatronic robots from the Hall of the Presidents. We bought John Quincy Adams, Millard Fillmore, and Chester Allen Arthur. For what? We think they'll make a wonderful wise man of the East for our nativity scene. They gave us a buy-two-get-one-free deal. I couldn't say no. Chester Arthur didn't cost a dime. And we want one more robot for a showstopper exhibit called Great Moments with Mr. Jesus. Seriously? I am sure that Rutherford B. Hayes could be retrofitted. Well, he, he did have a beard. We can wire him to do a kick-ass sermon on the mount. Now, if we can just get commercial tie-ins. Hey, maybe you could take the Jesus and he can multiply some fish and bread and then you can provide all-you-can-eat coupons for fish sticks. Uh, I like it, Doug. We could have yearly Good Friday special. We'll call it mm, Good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're peddling the metal on that one. Hey, call in six months. You'll be shocked at our progress. David, if there's any progress, I will be shocked. Call me, call me, call me. You'll see. All right, well, thanks for your insights, David. Good night. All right.
拜拜。That about does it. Our thanks to David Keene and, of course, David Rosenblum, as well as the immortal Will Durst. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett, and we'll see you next week at the same time. We'll talk a little bit more with David Keene about the fascinating story of Bronco Billy Anderson and how the Westerns got developed.